Welcome to the She Fills Forward podcast, brought to you by Her Branding Co., the leading educational platform teaching female founders how to market, brand, and grow their businesses. We're your hosts, Jess and Mari, co-founders of Her Branding Co. Together, we have over 20 years of experience in marketing, branding, and entrepreneurship, and we know exactly what it feels like to take the leap having no idea how you'll come out on the other side. We believe that the pursuit of perfection is futile in entrepreneurship, and that failing forward is truly the best way to build a business. On the She Fails Forward podcast, we'll interview successful founders to explore the journey, trials, and tribulations they've overcome to building businesses that they love. Sit with us as we host live interviews, pull back the curtain, and dig into the nitty gritty of what it really takes to build a business and a brand that you can be proud of. Because even the most successful of business owners will admit that they're just figuring it out as they go. So without further ado, let's start the show. Today on the show, we have Kara Mack, founder and CEO of Kara Mack Shoes. Kara studied fashion design at FIT in New York and spent years of her career as an apparel designer for brands like Ralph Lauren and Talbots. On the show, she talks about how as a train commuter, she would go through two to three pairs of shoes a day, depending on the day. So as a result, she had an idea to find a way to modify her existing shoes as she moved around the city from day to night. She created and patented the world's first shoe line with instant heel and toe customization. On the show, we talk about her lessons learned in manufacturing and production, how a game-changing meeting with Damon Johnson from Shark Tank changed her career, and the heartbreak she is currently processing as she ends her relationship with her co-founder and longtime friend. Kara gets raw and personal about her challenges, something I think many of our listeners can relate to. So let's start the show. Kara, welcome to the show. I'm super excited to have you. Thanks for coming on. Jessica, you are so welcome. I'm so happy we met through the 10th house. house. Are you a Blue Sky member? Love them. I am a Blue Sky member. We've been members since day one. I There's a lot of entrepreneurial communities out there. We're members of a ton of them. And truly, little plug for the 10th house for, those, for our listeners. And they did not pay me to say this. It really is an amazing um, community. Like it's one of the best ones. And I meet people like you all the time. And they actually are official partners for our Lucy Lab Marketing Accelerator program. So we've, we've done a lot of really cool stuff with them. I love I don't them. know how they keep up. I watched the, uh, the, you know, most of their day yesterday in Austin. I don't yes. know if you had a chance. I did not have a chance. It sounded amazing. It was amazing. But they'll mm-hmm. have a rerun, rerun, you know. Yeah. You'll, you'll be able to see the video, I think, next week. Yay. Well, good. Well, Kara, I'm excited to jump right in. So when I put the form on the 10th house, I said, hey, we're launching a new podcast. It's called She Fails Forward. We're celebrating the journey, celebrating failures and lessons learned because we see that on Instagram, right, and everywhere on social media, there's always the glorification of what success looks like. It's like, here's where I was before and here's where I am now. Look how far I've come. And that's great. We celebrate that. However, we don't get to see like the muddy middle, you know, and I am all about... Yes, I want to know what happened in the muddy middle, because in in the muddy middle is where you find that resilience, it's where you are learning, it's where you're pivoting your business, and that's what's going to make or break the business, what happens in the muddy middle. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about Caramax Shoes, and I love your story about, you know, going in and out of the train, so kind of take us there, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Okay, so... 
I was a full-time apparel designer slash design director uh, for my career because I'm technically what they call a knitting technologist. So I specialize in sweaters and knitwear. Um, and my last job, I was the design director for a men's company. And at that point I had been living outside of New York City. Uh, we moved out after 9-11 and I had to commute, which included a commuting shoe back in 2011, 2012. Nobody wore sneakers with your commuting outfit. No, it didn't work, especially if you were in the fashion industry. Right. Of course. So I would, I would get to my desk every day and there were at least a dozen pair under my desk. And then I would decide, okay, what goes with my outfit? And if I had an event at night, there was another pair in my shoulder bag, along with a laptop, paperwork, maybe some snacks. And I just thought to myself, why do I, which turned into why do women need to have so many shoes to get through their busy days? Um, the same occurred on small two to three day business trips where I could not get my bag over my seat because I had to check it because I had shoes to match every outfit. And it just kind of dawned on me that, wow, you know, it would be really cool if somebody designed a shoe that could morph, that could change, that could match all the outfits in your wardrobe and or your travel bag. And the next couple of months I was sketching on the train. I'd sit in the aisle seat and look at it, all the women's feet that went by me. <laughs> I love because that. This is when like um, we, we had little gems and crystals on their heels, but it was one pair and it was like, you know, 500 or 600 bucks a pair. Mm -hmm. Well, what if that gem could come off and could become a snakeskin or pearls? And that's really how this whole, started, whole thing started. And I was working full time and almost every night and all weekend, I was molding and casting foreign chemicals that I had to Google and order and try and figure out how to work on my kitchen counter. And my kids were 10 years younger and they'd be like, mom's in the lab. <laughs> <laughs> and I used Mad to scientist over here. and bake clay and really just trying to come up like, I want to have a permanent heel on the shoe. I don't want it to go from high to low. That's ergonomically incorrect mm -hmm. or it could fall off. I want it to be permanent, but I want the cover to be changeable. Like a so cell phone that, cover, right? Like to grossly simplify it, but like a cover <laughs> that you put on your cell phone or like your computer or something like right, that. With a, a, a decoration. Mm -hmm. So that's really where it started. And then uh, maybe it took another year or so to work with an engineer to get 3D prototypes. I had two pairs of shoes made in Queens, New York, that literally cost me $1,000 a pair that had no heels on it, but they were designed to accept a heel. And that's pretty much where I started um, showing people about my idea. And I was able to demonstrate it a little bit, but it was just hard because the material used uh, for the heel covers was fragile. So it literally broke in half, but I would say, the right material will be, you know, rubbery and it won't break in half. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had the opportunity to um, have a one-on-one -on -one meeting with Damon John, if you know him from mm -hmm. Shark, Shark Tank. Tank, he's one of the, uh, one of the sharks. Mm -hmm. Because I was at that pivot where I was still working full time and I really wanted to launch this 
but I was afraid. So I had family and friends, yes, do it, yes, do it, it's a fabulous idea. So he was the man, he was the one who looked at it, understood where I was going with it and applauded it and threw his hands up and said, this can be huge. And I quit my job the next day. Oh, that's how it happened. (laughs) Oh my. So a couple things, one listeners, I'm sorry that you might hear my dog. That's just how it is right now. So he's rolling around next to me. Um, Amazing story. Okay. So then, so then what happened? Did you score a huge uh, licensing that deal? May, that was May 30th, 2014. Okay. Six months later, I got on a plane, flew to Brazil, met two perfect strangers who took me to every sort of factory you can imagine in a small town in Brazil where I met, obviously, the shoemakers, the mold makers, the jewelry makers, the metal makers, the tanneries, the leather printers, and basically put a three shoe collection together and six weeks later 750 pairs of shoes arrived to my house (sighs) on a very cold day (laughs) (laughs) and i had my son and my my nanny at the time had an older son i had my two sons and and santi haul the box the cartons through the window Mm -hmm. um in that particular room or else it would have taken forever to like bring it around in the house but yeah that's that's where it started and a few weeks later i showed at the massachusetts conference for women Mm -hmm. in boston and hillary clinton happened to be the keynote speaker that particular day so there were upwards of ten thousand women under the the roof yeah and i drove home Mm -hmm. from boston to new york after a one-day show with $15,000 in orders. And this is direct to consumer. And I was just high because I thought, oh my gosh, women get it. They understand. They're excited about this. So that was the very, very, very beginning. And were you a vendor at the conference? Yes, I went as a vendor. And I only found out about it a few weeks before there was Mm -hmm. an opening. Wow. So, so many things to unpack there. First and foremost, I think one of the things that a lot of our listeners, because our listeners are primarily early stage female founders under 250 in revenue, respectively. And one thing that I think that they will appreciate and resonate with is the story of you creating the stuff on your, you know, in your kitchen. And I mean, that that's how it happens at the very beginning. You're just throwing stuff together because you're just hoping that something will stick and you're just trying to figure it out. And I also love that you shared that you were working full-time. I run into that a lot with her branding co-founders where I hear, you know, I'm not sure when I need to quit full-time or like, there's all this pressure that, you know, entrepreneurship looks a certain way that like you can't, you know, you have to eat ramen noodles and suffer through the beginning. And I'm not a fan of that. Like, let's, let's work full time. Let's have a side gig. Let's, let's have our life together, you know? And do that until it really makes sense for you. Like you have an opportunity like the one that you had or, or something like that. I think that that is so important. That was, that's the fear. That's where Damon John came in to play because I had a very good, stable, high paying job in an industry I'd been in for 25 years. Right. And to go from that financial stability to, A sea unknown. Of unknown <laughs> was right. scary. So Mari, my co-founder, just made the jump 
same similar situation. 10 years working someplace, nice salary, health insurance, the whole nine yards. And she's just joining us full time as of a couple weeks ago. So it's, yeah, scary. that's very top of mind. It's very scary. Very scary. So then tell the us that I am married. So I did have a second sure. source. Um, wasn't thrilled, but um, you know, has tried to support me as much throughout my growing years. That's wonderful. Those male allies I think are it so would important. be really hard for somebody who was just single and shooting it on their own. Yep. My husband's the same way. Super supportive. That's, that's great. That's wonderful that you have that. And that brings up to the concept of risk. You know, everyone has a different appetite for risk depending on their, their life circumstance, where they are, where they are in their age and their everything plays a role into that. So um, I think that's important to, to call that out, that there's no right answer for that. And it just depends on kind of where you are. So then how did you get this meeting with Damon? Because obviously that sounds like that was a huge turning point in your journey. It so was. how did that happen? So he did like a three-day event in New York City uh, called the Damon John Academy for Entrepreneurs. And I was literally, we were driving home from Florida um, after Christmas, I think, and it came on the radio and I immediately Googled it on my phone and looked it up and, and signed up for it. Now he was only there the third day. It was other people who were um, you know, like training and giving seminars about you know everything about owning your own small business. Sure. And I had the, I was so sick during those three days that I should not have been there, but I, I couldn't miss it. Yeah. Um, and then he had the, gave the opportunity I think for 10 people to have one-on-one -on -one meetings with him. And mine was in May. It was, no, I'm sorry. It was scheduled for September of that year. So the 2014 and a week before May 30th, whatever the date was, his Academy called me and said he had a cancellation. Would I like to come in next Friday? Mm -hmm. And it was such a hard decision because I thought I am not ready yet. What if something happens and he's not, he doesn't see me in September. So I said, yes, mm -hmm. um, I'm going to do it. And, and I did. I'm not ready. And I said, yes, printed yes. on a t-shirt because this is the theme of, <laughs> of what I see all the time is we're never going to be truly ready. We hide the things that we think need to be perfect or mm -hmm. aren't up to our standards and we end up shooting ourselves in the foot because we hide what we're working on, even if it's imperfect. Yeah. I remember that. sending an email to all my friends and anyone on Facebook and said, I am unavailable for the next seven days. Yep. And don't call me, don't write me, don't anything, don't invite me anywhere because the answer will be no, I have a project, I have to get it done. I took my husband's sitting over there right now. It was his barbecue kit, a metal, you know, the metal suitcase that you open has all the barbecue tools. Mm -hmm. Well, I emptied it, filled it with a hot pink velvet that I padded. And I put the sh three shoes that I had at the moment on the bottom and all my candy. So when I opened it, I made a presentation. Um, I'll never forget. It's sitting over there. I thought, I don't think I've ever put the tools back in. <laughs> The ingenuity. I'm obsessed. I love it. I love it. And it worked, clearly. It worked. It did, except it looked a little funny on the, you know, the Metro North. Yeah. I'm walking with a barbecue. Hey, you kit. know what? Joke's on them. <laughs> yeah. 
but I needed wow. something very quickly and I, yeah. I it worked. You it made worked. it work. Wow. So where is your company now? Uh, physically or just in general, you know, growth wise. Oh, okay. um, so I'm still in a growth stage because it took a really good three to four years to get a proof of concept mm-hmm. B to build the collection where I, I have four different heel heights and shapes where mm-hmm. when I launched that first time, when those three, 750 pairs of shoes came, they all had the same heel. So yeah. one was a boot, one was a smoking slipper, one was a ballet but they only had the low heel. So now over the years, I've developed a block heel, a flared heel and a spike heel and everything pretty much goes on multiple shoes so that if you had a few pairs with the same heel, you can swap your candy as we call it around. Amazing. Um, So I am at a point right now where I, I got very hurt during COVID. Very, like I really, I said, my business is a, mode. I just need to sell enough to pay my bills that have to be paid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also had uh, a co-founder um, and we went through a, a very bad breakup, which was a 16 month legal battle. And wow. you know, that ate into it as well. Wow. So now I'm in a growth stage where I did have a physical store that I closed during COVID and had to do that complete pivot to figure out how to do this digitally and all the shows that I used to travel to on a yearly basis. So I upwards of 25 different, very large women's shows, you know, in Texas and California and Pennsylvania, wherever stopped and went digital. And so that was about 75% of my revenue, big, big chunk. Mm -hmm. My saving grace is that my family has a house on uh, Cape Cod and they have these little shanties that they call the artist cottages. And I applied last year and I got, I think two weeks. And then during the summer, they kept saying, oh, this this one opened, this week opened, do you want to? And I ended up doing 12 weeks. So that really helped, um, you know, my revenue. But now I'm um, going on to multiple marketplaces uh, one happens to be for customizable, uh, you know, apparel and jewelry and so on and so forth. And I'm really excited about that because I've been doing a lot of customization for my customers. Mm-hmm. And I am going to have a crowdfunding campaign with iFundWomen. Mm-hmm. Love them. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I met Karen at Project Entrepreneur in like 2017 and she's been in my back pocket ever since then so mm-hmm. um and because i am designing a collection of 100 percent recyclable and biodegradable footwear amazing amazing well so that brings us really to the purpose of the show which is she she's failing forward and you are failing <laughs> forward and i say that with all the celebration all the collapse so walk us through that i mean what has been you know, if you, I don't know if you want to start from the very beginning, what were sort of the, the hard lessons learned when you were first starting out, prototyping, all those things, you can go there, or you can go to maybe some of your, your most recent lessons and pivoting. I mean, so many businesses pivoted when COVID happened. So yeah. many. Business, business does not look the same for most of us than it did two years ago. Um, yeah. So you're welcome to start there as well. Yeah. Well, I always look at my, what I think is my biggest failure. And then I have, um, 
learned so much about it. So importing from Brazil has been wonderful. They really have super high quality leathers and the workmanship is great. And I'm able to air it, which, which helps. And it's not really that much different than sea, sea shipping it. Mm -hmm. My second round using the low heel was for a sandal called the stunning sandal. And now we're adding a different component. So the stunning sandal has a strap that is removable. So you can change the strap and the heel on the stunning sandal. So you could have a flowers during the day in leather and bright colors and put bling it up, bling it up at night mm -hmm. and go dancing or wear them to a wedding or yeah. have them designed for a wedding and then change them out and go on your honeymoon. So this was a big step because it was more than just the one component of the heel. So I ordered about 500 pair and only two colors in silver and black patent leather mm -hmm. and aired them in. And at some point during, while they were en route, uh, we realized that the snaps didn't work, that they were, they weren't strong enough. I guess they, sent me some samples ahead of time or some production ahead of time. And I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? So they, the factory said that they had found a superior snap. And I took the plunge and in not sending the sandals back to the factory, which would have been too much money because they were already en route. I had them send me the snaps and I got nine interns from the local high school that lined up around my kitchen counter. So yay, kitchen counter. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being so big. A pivotal theme for you. <laughs> yeah. For about 10 days. Wow. Cutting, cutting the original snaps off and then retooling the new ones on. So because each pair has eight snaps. Oh my goodness. So, and 500 pairs. So, oh my goodness. And then it was just, just one of those things where I just felt I really should have really checked this beforehand. And I, I kicked myself for a long time because I, I had to pay them. You know, it cost me, I call them interns, but I was paying them. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it just cost me a lot of money. But I'm glad I did because had that sandal failed, I wouldn't be reordering it the way I do now. Mm -hmm. it's still one of our number one sellers. Wow. So, so the, what was the biggest lesson? Just general quality control and, you know, think, thinking, thinking ahead of what, what that might look like. Yes. So it's not just about the aesthetic, mm -hmm. right? Where everybody want, you just care what it looks like. It has to work. It has to function. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think I kicked myself the most was because I had spent years all over the United States getting proof of concept, yet I didn't prove this concept of the snaps. So I was just like, it was an oversight, I think. Yeah. It's interesting you, you say that because there's something that we teach in our accelerator. Um, we teach something called Lean Startup. That's not proprietary to us by any means. It's actually been around for a really long time. Uh, but the there's a bunch of different frameworks and methodologies, and one of them that we teach is called validated learning, which is basically you have to know ahead of time what you are wanting to measure and validate. And it's something very simple as the functionality if you're doing a, a product or maybe you're building an app, for example. You know, what what are the features that you should be building in this app? And can you test and validate 
your assumptions about those before you actually go off and build the thing and spend money doing it. And it sounds very self-explanatory, but a lot of founders do not think about that. And it's because we're doing 800 other things in our business and we're so close to, we're so close to it. It's really hard for us to create that, that distance. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, that's definitely one of many, many frameworks that, you know, teaches you how to, how to, sort of rethink that. And it's interesting kind of applying that to a product-based business because most of the time you see it applied to services, but it, I'm thinking out loud, it actually can definitely apply to product-based businesses as well. Oh so. my gosh, yes. Wow. So yeah. then you mentioned a co-founder. So I'd love to talk about that, um, obviously because Mari and I are co-founders and I have seen and I've experienced personally many, many, many businesses go down the tank because of the relationship, either a difference in values, a difference in strategy, a difference in communication. And a lot of early stage founders, of course, I'm speaking broadly, but a lot of them do think, oh, if I just had a co-founder, this would be easier. Or if I just had a someone else, I could do X, Y, Z. And that's not all. That's not always the case. A co-founder relationship isn't always what you need. What you might need is a VA. Or what you might need is an intern or a part-time this or that. So would love to hear that, whatever you're willing to share and kind of, you know, how you overcame well, I'd like that relationship. Well, i like to keep much of that under the table. It, 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 it's hard to look back. Um, it, it, it upsets me terribly because this was somebody I've known since I'm in my tw- early 20s. So wow. yeah. um, who came on board after I launched. I think that and one of the reasons I joined Female Founders Collective and the Blue Sky is I have heard over the years how it's so important to have a co-founder if you're actually going to go out for VC money or some seed money, not seed mm-hmm. money, but maybe angel mm-hmm. money. And I've, I have bootstrapped from day one. Good for you. But I've always been on the fence. Should I do this? Should I try and get an, inf- uh, an infuse of some, some dollars so things are run a little bit smoothly, more smoothly for me? And I had such an incredible, awful experience with my co-founder that I don't think I could ever have another one. Wow. So I'm not really sure. I would love to go to like a co-founder anonymous group or something like that. (laughs) That's so funny. I bet you that's needed. I bet you there's a lot of people who would probably want to do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. My first interview with somebody and, um, I find women, not I find women, um, the female founders had been through the same thing. So you, yeah. you just don't know what others have been through. And I think it really helps to talk it out. And so I'm not ready. I'm not thinking that way at this point. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's just that. too much. It's too much easier not having a co-founder to me. I hope you guys flourish. And I know I have lots of friends girlfriends who have their own business and and they have great relationships with their co-founders. Yeah. 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 It's hard, you know, and I was kind of the same way. I, I wasn't sure. And the company was called Sohas at the time was under a completely different name. And Mari kind of came to me serendipitously from a, from a mutual friend. And I had always thought to myself, like I would be open for a co-founder, but I'm not actively out looking for one. And when it became clear that 
Maria and I had the potential to maybe do this together. I'm a Scorpio. So, you know, say that. Yay. Say that for what it is. So, you know, yeah. So we're intense. You know, we're all in, either we're all in or we're all out, you know, for the, for the most of us. And that was one of the first things I said to Mari was, look, if we are to genuinely pursue what this might look like, and we, I'm doing air quotes for those of you who can't see, we dated each other for a long, for, I mean, I think 15 or 18 months before we finally, you know, sealed the deal and really made it legal and did all the things. But one of the first things I told her was, you know, if we're truly going to do this, we need to approach it like we are truly getting married. Like we need to be open. We need to have hard conversations. We need to talk about money. We need to get uncomfortable very quickly um, if we are to really do this because most of the times when co-founder relationships don't work, it's because there's usually a fundamental difference in either a moral compass or the way that you manage finances or maybe one's communication style is so different than the other one. And you just don't know that unless you're truly, you know, going through the thick of it together and sort of test running that relationship. I mean, I joke and I say all the time, like if Mari wanted to totally ruin my life, she absolutely could because like she has, she has access to my bank account. (laughs) She has seen my Amex statement, you know, like she's, but we had to go through that because we actually got certified as being a female owned business. And part of that process was, you know, sharing financials and like having these hard conversations and um, it reveals a lot about the potential to really do this thing together. So if anyone, any listeners out there, I cannot uh, say, say that enough. And, and I'm so sorry that you had that experience. And I'm really sorry yeah, that it was too. your friend. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. So then in terms of moving forward, you know, what do you think is kind of next for you? You said that you've pivoted the business love you're doing a lot of innovative things now you're going direct to consumer because covid you know shut everything down of course now covid everybody's sort of opening up a little bit now but where do you see successes moving forward so my big move and again i didn't i didn't make any moves during covid and i'm really kind of waiting is this the sustainability the biodegradable slash recyclable boot and shoes that I'm coming up with. That's number one. Mm-hmm. But what I am seeking big time is a licensor. I want, some, or I want a license. Damn your man. <laughs> double patented heel to a large shoe company who can market the shit out of it. Excuse yeah. my language. Yeah, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. About the eco-consciousness of it where you own one shoe, but you can have dozens of looks and you're keeping more shoes out of the landfill. I mean, my motto is I'm saving the planet one shoe at a time. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds like a far reach. I can't do it. But if somebody else who has a broad range could license that technology, they could really make a statement in the, in the sustainability world. Yeah. Incredible. Well, we're putting it out into the universe. You never know who's going to listen to this show and who we might come across. It's totally doable. Um, that sounds amazing. I mean, I love what you're doing. The story is so good. The clearly the heart and determination behind it is there. I mean, it's, it's wonderful. I think it, it helps to be obsessive compulsive. <laughs> along with being a Scorpio. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) 
Amazing, Kara. Well, we've already made it 30 minutes. That was like the quickest conversation ever. Time flies. Yes, yes. Well then, okay. In closing of the show, what are some... I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here, so I'm sorry about that. You're a Scorpio, so you'll be cool with it. What okay. are some of the words of advice, words of wisdom um, that you would love to leave our listeners with, particularly those who are really early in the process and they are just like, I don't even know where to get started, you know, where, how do I market? How do I create something that people want? Um, any lessons um, you can think of off the top of your head? Well, I always say walk before you run. Mm. Number one. Yes. Love that. Um, also you really have to keep tight hold of your purse, purse strings, because if you get a quote for, this is at least in product, whatever quotes you get for development, double it. Ah. Try to keep some sort of an income while you're working until you do get some proof of concept or at least others to get excited about your product. I think crowdfunding is a great way to see if others like your product. Yeah, product market fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. viability. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, Wonderful. I could sit here for hours and tell you all I've learned so much. I am also an overachiever on webinars and seminars and listening to people speak and TED Talks and downloading audiobooks because I can only do it while I'm driving. I can't physically read anything except my phone or my laptop um, because I'm always running or moving or doing. Mm-hmm. So just soak up all the knowledge that's out there. Get a mentor. If I've had many, 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 many mentors over the past number of years, and you, you can find them in a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. Any um, quick areas that you know where you have found the best mentors? FFC Tenth House is a great one. Any others that you find? Well, yeah. So I was in. Um, uh, let me think. I have them all on my resume, and I can't even think. So uh, HSN American Dreams Academy. I. These are things that you apply for where you can spend two or three days learning about business and how to run your business. So I I was constantly applying for anything like that. Mm. Um, Also, there's accelerators and incubators that may have been digital and online for the past two years, but at least in New York City, there were quite a few. Some were fashion related, some were tech related. Mm -hmm. Um, Join women's uh online clubs so there's obviously female founders there's nabo national association for women business owners great place to find a mentor um there your local community college could mm-hmm. have somebody in your space that would be willing to mentor you i had one uh, from fit yep. i he was head of a luxury merchandising class and he mentored me and continues to wonderful. on his free time. That's wonderful. Thank you for those. We'll definitely um, include those links in the show notes for sure. Cause I think a lot of, a lot of founders will appreciate that. Um, well, Kara, thank you so much. This has been an awesome interview. And again, for Kara, for you and for our listeners, I apologize. I apologize again for all the background noise. My, we're taking care of my mom's dog and he's a senior dog. And on our bottom floor of our house, I hardly heard him. Really? Well, that's good to know. Yeah. It's, it's it's a very open floor plan and I just don't have the heart to make him go up the stairs or care, you know, because his back legs just don't work very good. So 
we're just making it work over here. This is the reality of running a business in, in the times of COVID and that's just how it goes. So appreciate your patience with that. Well, Kara, so tell us how our listeners can get in contact with you. They can check out what you're doing. I'm sure a lot of women would love your product. I am very free to give out my information and that's karamac.com. So K-A-R, what's my name? K-A-R-A-M-A-C.com. So that's my website. My email is Kara at karamac.com and my phone number. Nah, let's, 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 let's start with an email first. Probably a good idea. When I sell online, which is also something else I forgot to mention. So I do these girl, girls night live shows. I actually give women my phone number if they have questions about their foot and their size. And if I have a bunion or I have a corn and how do Mm -hmm. I, you know, which style is best for me? I do give out my phone number and then Instagram, Karamac shoes, Facebook, Karamac shoes. Great. Well, wonderful place. Thank you, Kara. We'll definitely include this in the show notes. Thank you for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom and being vulnerable with us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. We hope you loved this episode. Here at Her Branding Co., we are deeply passionate about getting female founders access to the right marketing and branding education, tools, and resources that they need to build and grow their businesses. If you're interested in learning more about how Her Branding Co. can support you, check out our platform. You can think of us as the masterclass for female founders wanting to learn the ins and outs of branding and marketing. Our platform gives you access to a rich resource library of marketing courses, trainings, downloadable guides, workbooks, and other tactical, actionable resources that you can use in your business today. Platform members also receive exclusive access to monthly live mentoring sessions with incredible entrepreneurs who are dedicated to coaching you live. If you miss any of our trainings, everything is recorded and uploaded into your membership vault to access at any time. We add new trainings and courses monthly, and we're always on the lookout for the best marketing and branding resources to help you grow. We host live monthly masterclasses, which are free and completely open to anyone to attend. So head on over to our website, herbrandingco.com and sign up for a free class. On our website, you'll also see information about the Lucy Lab, our eight-week application-based marketing accelerator program, as well as our Marketing Mastermind, a 12-week mastermind program that's dedicated to helping you create, launch, and hit your marketing and sales goals. Of course, you can follow us on Instagram at herbrandingco, and you're always welcome to email us at hello at herbrandingco.com. To your success, this is Jess and Mari signing off, and we'll see you at the next episode. Thank you.